0: Welcome to Rebel Radio. The place to be for emerging entrepreneurs who are hungry for impact and doing business their own way. I'm Cindy Van Arnhem, your rebellious leader for the healers and coaches willing to do what it takes to unlock their limitless potential through the power of self-mastery. The key to claiming your potential, trusting your wisdom, and creating infinite possibility in your world. Hello and welcome. I am ex- so excited for today's conversation. I have got the beautiful and amazing and wonderful Megan Hale with us today. Megan Hale has shown me so much about what it means to be a CEO of my mm-hmm. business. And I am so appreciative that she is here today to share some of her wisdom and insight when it comes to self-mastery and how that supports our business. So welcome, Megan. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me, lady. I am- I'm so honored.
0: So tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, what do you do? Who are you? Who is Megan Hale?
1: I feel like lately when I've been on interviews, like this question comes up and it's like, this feels so expansive of like such a big question. Who are you? (laughs)
0: What
1: do you do in the world? (laughs) Because I mean, basically like on, I think, a a macro level, I'm like really helping people step into their fullest expression, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that the way that I do that is really helping them create a business that supports them in doing that. Mm. So that's really, really fun. And the thing that I love most about what I do is really helping people create a custom business. So it's really tailored to who they are, who they want to be, who they're here to help, and all of those things. And really pulling together all of their, their wisdom and experience into a comprehensive business model that it feels like this is finally me. Like it finally fits who I am, right?
0: I can vouch for that. Yes. (laughs) So
1: that's what's super fun. Um, And that's what I do like in in my work life. I'm also a mama to two little boys. They are two and four. And I'm a military spouse. So we typically move around a lot. But where we're living now, we just moved here in August. Um, We're living in Omaha, Nebraska. We'll probably be here for like for five years, which is like 9 million years in military life, so (laughs) that's basically me in a nutshell.
0: Nice, I love it, I love it. And so who have been some of the biggest influences in your life, like how did you get here?
1: Hmm. Goodness, that's a big question. So my journey, like my professional journey, I think started when I was 15 years old and I sat in my first psychology class At the time, I was depressed and I was anxious, but I didn't know that that's what was going on.
0: Mm. I didn't know there
1: were terms or names for what I was experiencing. I just knew that it was really hard for me to be myself and I felt like I was trying to be who others wanted me to be. There was a lot of pressure. I didn't know how to like feel my feeling, like none of those things. Mm. And I remember sitting in my first psych 101 class in high school. And learning about some of these like theorists of like explaining the inner psyche. Right. And like learning about Jung and Freud and Skinner. And I was literally mesmerized of like, Oh my gosh, there's people who study why we are the way we are and why we feel the way we feel. And from that moment on, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Like I am here to understand myself and understand other people and help them understand themselves to live a happier life. And so, That was the beginning and like that's literally my life path I went from 15 all the way to you know 23 through undergrads like majored in psychology and then took the next step to grad school I got a graduate degree in counseling and got licensed as a clinical therapist opened my practice and because at 15 I started going to therapy for the first time Mm. and I remember sitting in that therapist's office just Mm so much healing taking place. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. So coupled with the class, coupled with my first experience with therapy, I'm like, this is me. And so I went and made that dream come true. And then I started getting that feeling that this isn't all that there is for me which was a very unsettling time. And all of my colleagues thought that I was completely nuts to be <laughs>
0: anything else. Right. Go start an online coaching business. <laughs>
1: yeah. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like this. I just know that I'm here to have a bigger voice. And I think that that was one of the things that was really hard in the therapy field is that you, there's a lot of restrictions on how much of yourself that you can share. And I had just gone through such a deep personal journey in my own life that it just felt like this, the wisdom that I've accumulated, it needs a space, and it needs a voice. And that's really when I found coaching. And I was like, we're doing this.
0: I love that and I love that you followed the pull to go and share your wisdom in a deeper and bigger way. And I think that that's really important when it comes to, you know, expansion. Human beings are designed for expansion and we think that we should do the thing that everybody tells us we should do. If we're just going with that pull, it leads Mm -hmm. us to so many things. Oh my
1: gosh, yes. And I think the hardest part about that is when you put in so many years, to get somewhere, Now that's a long journey. I mean, that was from the time I was 15 to I became licensed when I was 27, mm-hmm. right? The other should that shows up is that this should be enough and you should be content and you should be grateful and you should be happy and all of these things, right? Yeah. And so it kind of made, like for me at the time, which this was prior to entrepreneurship, knowing that that was like the best self-mastery tool there was, right? <laughs> But at the time, I remember like thinking it's like, there's just something about this that just is not me. Mm -hmm. And having to honor that and not knowing what anything beyond that looked like. Like it was a huge risk, a huge leap, a huge place of like, I'm just going to do it and see
0: yeah and that trust and that knowing is another level of self-mastery too like what am i doing why am i doing this (laughs)
1: yes i mean talk about like just trusting your intuition right of like not needing to know the how or where this is going because i think a lot of times especially earlier on in the spiritual journey when we're starting to trust our intuition Mm
0: -hmm.
1: our intuition sees so much more than we can see and so if we try to approach our intuition from that place of logic the thing that our intuition is asking us to do is like usually highly illogical,
0: right? Yes, yeah.
1: So <laughs> it's like learning how to kind of lead your life from a place of curiosity and uncertainty.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you say that because when in working with you, one of the things that happened back in December was I had this plan to work like tooth and bone for two weeks straight, just go, go, go and get the things done. <laughs> and then in my work with you, I was like, I can do nothing but stare at the wall right now. And this makes no sense because I'm the one who gets shit done. And I'm like, Megan, what the hell is going on? And then it turns out two weeks later, I download my entire business model and it made no sense until that day. Yeah. And then that day I was like, oh the sandbox for the intuition to play in. I get it now. It's like one of my favorite stories of ours.
1: Because I remember there is like, because any time we're like being asked to move at a different pace than we're used to or different cadence, Mm -hmm. there's all of these stories that come up of like, but we have to do it this way in order to get there, right? Mm -hmm. And your intuition's like, actually, (laughs) I'm going to show you a different way. I'm actually going to show you like, that there's an even easier way to do this, and you mm-hmm. literally can just sit there and stare at a wall, and you're like, "How is <laughs> this going to no work sense. out?" <laughs> and your is like, "Trust me, I got this." <laughs> right? And like for two weeks, you're like, "Are you sure you got this?" Because like, that else is coming.
0: And then, sure enough, morning, right? Yeah. Every morning you just wake up and go, uh, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, love yeah, I love it.
1: think your trust though And like the creative process, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what does self-mastery mean to you? Mm.
1: I was thinking about some of the questions that you might ask me, and I had a feeling that this might be one of them. <laughs> and the thing that came up is that self-mastery to me is being able to face every single part of myself and
0: stay in the room. hmm I love that you say that because we were just talking about this before we jumped on to this recording. And for those of you of the listeners who don't know, I had to put my dog down last week. And in that, I knew that thanks to Megan and giving me CEO space, I was able to take a week off, but I was also able to show up and be in the room. So I love that you bring that up. And I think that it's something that's really important that even when it seems like shitty things are happening, even when we're going through some of the worst grief of our entire lives, we can still sit with it and be in the room. So I love that you bring that up.
1: Yeah. And there's so many gifts that come when we can sit in like the hard rooms, right?
0: Hmm.
1: Because I think for, and like you and I have such similar um, histories with addiction and like numbing out and checking out which is like the polar opposite of staying in the room. Like something yes. hard comes up you're like, "Please see you later. No. <laughs> <Right? No. laughs> and so like that was like a very, very long journey of mine of like learning how to not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, learning how to not numb, learning how to not check out, learning that I could feel an emotion and not get lost inside of it because I had a, such a huge fear for so long that if I were to feel and to sit still long enough, that I would like literally drown because my emotions would be that overwhelming and that powerful right yeah. and it was only by learning to sit still and be in the room and not check out and to not numb that i realized that's not how emotions work right mm-hmm. like i am the vessel for them
0: yeah and i think part of it too is that we we have this perception that it's bad to feel sad and that right? we. Need- Not prescription drugs or alcohol or street drugs or whatever it is and we just feel like it's bad to feel that way and so we shove it under the carpet and pretend it doesn't exist and unfortunately society has taught us that that's the way to do it oh yeah self-mastery is that level of you know it's easy to sit in the room when you're happy sure but all of you is at the table. That's
1: yes. your term at the table. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm so glad that you bring that up because you know, one of the things that we talk about in the CEO ship of like the the energetic flow of a launch, like when we're putting our work out there in the world, is that we have this this lull, which is kind of like my, you know, oh shit day. Like everything just kind of like gets really, really intense. Everything's going really well. And then it doesn't, it plateaus, it stops, like the cadence slows down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in that moment, it's like that's when all of the hard emotions rush in, right? And I remember this is like a launch, maybe like last year or two years ago, I was sitting on the couch and crying, right? And my husband's sitting next to me and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I just, I got to feel this. It's like so important for the process that I feel this, right? And like, (laughs) he's like, this feels like very, you know, like masochistic, right? And I'm like, it's necessary. Yeah. But just being willing to like, that's what sitting in the room is of like being present to what is there. Mm,
0: Yes, absolutely. And just acknowledging it. I always think of emotions as these little five-year-olds that are like just desperate for your attention. And they're screaming, mom, mom, mommy. And if you would just turn around and give that sadness a little hug, then the five-year-old would be happy and go off and play again.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, and I think like inner child work is so crucial here too, but it also like something else that happens when we can see, hard emotions that way is it helps us to get a little bit of a distance from them, right? Because I think that there, it's so easy for us to personalize our emotions. And like, like, this is me, this is me. It's like, well, this is a part of you.
0: Yes. Right.
1: And there's so many different parts of all of us. And so when we can, can kind of see it's like, this is this one facet of me that really needs some love and attention and reassurance right now. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's like that little part of you has some fear that is really important for us to tune into Of Like, oh, wait, did I miss something?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And so, I think it's really important not to discredit our, our emotions and our feelings as they're coming up. Yeah. The more we can stay present to them, I think the more integrated and whole we become as a person. But also as we're continuing to move through life, we are very, very present and super wise of how we're moving forward because we have sat at our full table, right? Like, how does this feel for you? How does this feel for you? Are we all on board, right?
0: (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Asking everybody, are we all good here? Yes. (laughs) I love that. So what happens if you don't practice self-mastery? Hmm. Let me
1: think about that. I guess for me, so I have to first identify what does not practicing look like for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think for me, not practicing self-mastery is like moving more so off of autopilot, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right? So I'm not really checking in. I'm just moving forward with plans that I set at a certain time frame and never recheck back in with them. And I think for me, what happens when I am not practicing self-mastery is that I get into this forcing energy. Mm-hmm. Where I am very like way too attached <laughs> to an idea, a plan, a timeline, an outcome.
0: And, <laughs> and that can the um, that is
1: um, a lot of suffering. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes, a lot. <laughs> and so that's what happens when I'm not practicing those tools. Mm-hmm. And so anytime I feel that emotion of like I'm I'm forcing something, proving something, getting into that hustling energy, because for me, self-mastery is like the foundation of like being enough, right? there's nothing to prove, there's not like, I'm already there.
0: Mm -hmm. So when I
1: feel that energy coming through, that's when I know that I'm not with my tools. And that's like, it's just not a good place for any of us. Like, I know we all know what that feels like, right? Oh, we know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the worst. I hate it.
0: (laughs) I think that ties everything together here that we're talking about too, is when I always tell my clients that, you know, you can make a plan, but the plan's going to change because your intuition is in play. And so the intuition is working in the background and you wake up one morning and you're like, wait, no, that plan's not going to work. But if you're not practicing a level of self-mastery and checking in with yourself all day, every day, then you start your ego, your mind gets attached to that plan And instead of checking in with the intuition and listening to what's going on, then we get into that hustle mode instead of shifting and adjusting the plan. Mm -hmm. And if we are practicing that level of self-mastery, then we're checking in and we're adjusting the plan, not being attached to what that should look like.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and let's just be honest, like a lot of this involves a lot of surrender, which for me, I call a four letter word. I have never in my life met a person who's like, MO's like, yeah, we'll just surrender easy peasy. Like I haven't, if you've met a human that way, please, I want to meet them because <laughs> <laughs> I've worked with hundreds of people at this point. And surrender is one of the most difficult things for us to do because it requires a lot of faith and a lot of trust, right? Mm-hmm. So, also some can be four letter words, like they are very difficult for us to master. But I think the other thing is too, is really starting to learn how your intuition speaks to you. Cause I think that it shows up differently for all of us, right? Like for me, it shows up in my body. Like Mm -hmm. I feel when something is off, Mm
0: -hmm. it
1: feels heavy. It feels constricted. I just feel like anxious. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's
1: when I know it's like, Whoa, something's off kilter a little bit. I got to tune in.
0: Yeah, I always like to say that if it feels hard, then something's off, whether it feels hard or heavy in your body or in your mind, or it's just not working, you're not seeing the results, whatever that looks like. If it feels hard, then you're not in tune with your intuition.
1: I agree. And there's got to be an easier way.
0: There's always an easier way. Mm -hmm. We just like to hang on to the hard way. (laughs) Why? Like It's almost like, what is
1: happening here? Why are we doing this?
0: Humans are funny. (laughs) We are funny.
1: So funny, right?
0: Yeah. So in that conversation, let's talk about the difference between self-mastery and self-dominance. Because I think this ties in in, in when we get attached to an outcome, we try to force it. And so I even think about this for myself, going to the gym. I had the, I've had a struggle my whole life for going to the gym, probably because one of my top values is freedom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The gym doesn't feel free to me. And so when I was struggling with that, and it felt hard, I would try to dominate my body and force it to go when it didn't want to go. And I think in that, finding that level of self-mastery, Now I've found ways of moving my body that don't feel forced. So I want to just talk about that difference for a minute.
1: Mm. So I think that in my experience, high achievers, they tend to be more like dominating people, right? We like, we make the plan, we make the rigid rules, we make the expectations. We create the the schedule that needs to be adhered to perfectly, by the way, okay? So there's a lot of perfection that shows up in self-dominance. Yes. Let's just be real about that part because I think that's important. And so I think that for me, man, I've lived so many years <laughs> from that place. It's coming from a place of should. Mm-hmm. And it's a very rigid idea of what something should look like. And this can even show up from a spiritual practice place, right? When we get really rigid about our spiritual practice and we don't give ourselves permission to kind of flow with what feels good in the moment. And I think the reason that this Exists is because there's a fear of missing out or a fear of screwing up Mm -hmm. if we go outside of the lines.
0: Right? I should be meditating right now. But what if you just went and sat outside for a little bit?
1: Yeah. Like there's not just one way to do things. Right. And so, really, kind of giving yourself flexibility of holding on to um, the purpose of something. Mm -hmm. So, if the purpose is to get into a clear, calm state. Meditation's one way to get there. Mm-hmm. Right. So as going for a walk outside, so is taking a nap, there's lots of different ways for us to get there. Absolutely. I think what's most important is that we tune into what we're needing
0: mm-hmm. and the,
1: the purpose behind that. Right. And how we, we get there can be flexible.
0: And it really comes down to just pausing for a moment and listening. What do I need right now?
1: Yes. Yeah. And I think it's also like redefining what consistency looks like. Like that has been so huge in my journey. Mm. Like I used to think if I didn't do everything, like one certain thing every single day, then I had screwed up and I had totally failed. So you using a lot of black go. and white thinking, right? Yeah. If it's not perfect, then it's no good at all right
0: oh <laughs> that sounds like self dominance to me yes
1: yes and so it's taken you know a long time to kind of give myself uh permission to redefine what consistency is for me and for me it's just it's more times than not
0: absolutely
1: it's so much more freeing <laughs>
0: right yes it's so much more freeing to be imperfect yeah yes. Absolutely. So I just want to touch base. We've got a comment from one of our listeners. Why is it so much easier to feel negative perceived emotions? I think that that's us wanting to take the hard way. So I think
1: this comes, so for my perspective, I think that comes down to perception.
0: Mm -hmm. We're
1: much more likely to notice a negative emotion than we are to necessarily uh, notice a positive one. So, especially if we have um, like past experiences that have created some sort of reward internally for feeling the negative emotion. So now it's like we're primed to notice it more readily. Mm -hmm. And so this showed up for me, um, man especially like unraveling stories around shame and not enoughness and feelings of self-doubt and all of those things. It was like, I was so much more keen to notice when those things were showed up because it was almost like I had a story in my mind of like, see, I told you so.
0: Mm, You're expecting it. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: so now it's like, when you rewire that, which is no short process, right? Like I usually tell my clients, it's like learning to rewire something is like, I want you to imagine that you grew up with your best friend, there were woods in between your houses and y'all would fly through that trail like over and over and over again as little kids, right? Like you could walk it blindfolded, like it's super easy. When we're trying to rewire something, it's like we're actually intentionally not going down that trail and we have to forge this whole new path through the woods and like cutting back branches and cutting down trees. And it is a lot of work. And you're mm-hmm. looking at that clear trail of like, whoo, <laughs>
0: looks <great> easier <laughs> it's over there, crazier, right? easier, yeah. But,
1: but it's, it's not, not easier, insane. that's the thing. Right, because it doesn't get you where you wanna go. And yeah. you know, if you go back down that path, you'll notice like there's all these like, there's shame on that path that you have to walk by every single day. There's self-doubt, mm-hmm. there's insecure, like all of those things. And so if you put in the work to cut the new path, it's going to feel hard at first, but eventually it becomes your new normal. And then when you find yourself on that old path, you're like, oh, wait, like, what am I doing over here? This isn't the way that I want to go there. Yes. And so that's why I think it's so important to, like, pay attention to the stories and, and what the expectation is. You're, you're expecting it to show up. Of course, mm-hmm. you're here, right? I told you so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important that we bring up that piece that it takes work to get there. Because we, again, society has taught us just cover it with a pill or go numb it somehow instead of facing it. And facing it is the hardest piece of being willing to acknowledge that I feel like shit right now Mm -hmm. and being willing to sit with that. It's not easy. And I think that society has trained us to just kind of brush it off, not really look at it. Or
1: it's the fix it mentality right yeah the instant gratification but even like with negative emotions especially it's like well we need to fix this this is not okay to feel this way so we have to fix it fix it fix it fix it and i see this show up even with healers right
0: Mm, somebody comes
1: into a space and they're carrying negative emotion and the healer's like how can i help this how can i change this how can i remove this for you so you feel Mm. better and that's our our job is to simply hold the space of like yeah, this sucks right now. This is hard, right? This is part of being human and we don't have to fix this. We actually just need to be present for it.
0: Yeah. I love that you bring that up because if all of those emotions are meant to be at your table, there's nothing wrong and you're not broken. Right. There's nothing to fix.
1: Yes. And so I think that kind of an aside to that is when, when we have shame and self-doubt and insecurity things that feel heavy, right? Trauma. If our table feels like it's a little out of balance, right? Like those, those things are taking up a lot more space at that table than joy, love, acceptance, possibility, right? Our job is not to remove those things from our table. It's to restore more balance, right? So how can we start creating more space for, for joy and love and acceptance and possibility. Like that's the work. And I think a lot of times and I'll, I'll speak from my own journey. I spent so much time trying to minimize these. Mm. And then I'll say, well, then I'll grow those. Right. Right. And I didn't realize that there's a difference of like, let me focus on growing these and these will actually minimize.
0: Yes. It's where our focus goes. If you're focused on the perceived negative, then that grows really but if we focus on calling in more and i've i've noticed that in the past week in going through deep grief there's been pockets where i've had ex- like explosive joy oh yeah and creativity and excitement And then I'm sad again and that's okay because I can balance those out and play with both. It does feel a little bit like what you call the ping pong machine, but because I've got, I've done the work and I've sat with this for years and understanding that all of those emotions are okay and they are a part of who I am.
1: Yeah. And I think that's really, that's a benefit of doing a lot of inner work right around self mastery in particular, because We start to create a distance from our emotions like we can be in our emotion and we can also step out of it and observe it yes and that is a very very powerful tool especially going through something as as grief is right grief is Mm -hmm. so multi-dimensional that if without that distance it kind of feels like we are that pinball and we're just getting bounced around through life right (laughs) when when we can step back from it we can observe it of saying oh Mm -hmm. look two hours ago, I was like so incredibly grateful for this deep love and relationship that I have had the pleasure of experiencing in my life. Right. Yeah. And now I am completely heartbroken and devastated that, that, that experience is no longer going to be the same. Right. Yeah. And I think that that distance is just, it makes all the difference.
0: Yeah. Rather than, and I like to say, often I say to my clients, you know, Uh, You're not sad. You're experiencing a moment of sadness. You're not happy. You're experiencing a moment of happiness.
1: Yes. Because
0: all of those emotions are part of who we are. So we can't just be one of them. We are all of them. We experience moments of each. Oh, so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Megan, I want to thank you so much for being here and being part of my expansion back onto the online world I've been off for a week so thank you for that I want to end the conversation with one last question because you asked me this question and I felt it was so powerful (laughs) so I'm gonna spin it around on you (laughs) Megan what do you dream of for the world
1: oh man I dream of women coming more into their power and self-trust in themselves to really know, like on a deep level, the magic that they bring and how incredibly valuable that it is.
0: Oh, goosebumps. So good.
1: I know. And I get to like sit here and look at that right here, like demonstrated in you. So thank
0: you. Thank you. And I also love that, you know, I connect with so many leaders in the online space and connect with so many people who are making a difference in the world and creating impact. And I find that I resonate the most with those who share a similar dream. And my dream for the world is that everybody understands their own limitless potential and understands their own divinity. And so you and I coming together in this space and sharing a very similar dream, it just creates this ripple effect. And I'm so grateful for you to be here me too. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of rebel radio. If you feel so inspired or you think that this can help somebody else land into a sense of self mastery so that they can understand their own limitless power as well. Please share this out, point them in the right direction and help out another beautiful soul. I will see you next week.